And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Helmet Coffee Carafs. Drink from the skull of your enemies with Helmet. Previously on Cautious Optimism. Captain, uh, contact with foreign vessel imminent. Please hurry up here. There's a huge bounty on free Matorbs. I am here to arrest a uh, fugitive that uh, has been reported to be aboard your vessel. He is a uh, Matorb by the name of Kayun. If we do have to fight him, it would be better to do it on the inside. I would like to shoot his jetpack to get his attention because we can't hear each other because it's space. There is a flash of red light and um, explosion right on his chest. You've killed one of my men. Enemy vessel has fired. Missile incoming. Brace for impact. Hello, Cautious Optimism. Aurora Borealis Shand. A human woman. I'm not interested in, in selling this ship. She has a huge smile on her face. She was, she's very important to me. Hank Crawford. Engineers. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news, fuel leak. Coming and going from the spaceport. Good news, I found duct tape. Kyan Brunt. A Mator. I am a doctor. A nine foot tall, four armed creature. I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Toss. A slimy, gelatinous. Mm, what are you hauling? Goo thing. Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station. Okay, so, welcome back to another exciting episode! We find our heroes flying through space at the Cautious Optimism's maximum speed with a missile hurtling towards it. What do you all want to do about that? You have, I should point out, an option. A skilled pilot can uh, attempt a dodge roll against incoming space missiles. Can I attempt it from inside an airlock? That's a good point. You're not in the piloting seat. Yeah, you, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you probably have to be in the piloting seat to do that. If only we had a supercomputer pegged into all of our systems that we could talk to. Right. Name Shipcom. Oh, yeah. So the thing about that is I don't want to create a situation where Shipcom is better at that than Rory. Impossible. <laughs> I think it's a better narrative and more fun if Rory does the cool space maneuvers and combat maneuvers and stuff than having the computer do it. But I think it's fair to say that Shipcom can fly the ship from point A to point B just fine. So does Shipcom have access to all of Rory's files that she would have had at the uh, console? Sure, yeah. So are we ready? Because I got a thing I'm going to say. 
Go ahead. I'm ready. Let's, let's do it. So Shipcom has told us that the missile's been fired. Yes. Shipcom, run protocol Peter 1.7. Oh, okay. And what is protocol 1.7? As the GM, I'm just asking, what does that mean? That means I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say that there have been some, like, I mean, they could even be just PDF files that Shipcom could read really quickly, (laughs) but crazy maneuvers when you're trying to avoid stuff. So it's not anything that's like specified, like you turn left or it's just basically like go in an unexpected way. If that means completely come to a stop, you know, go down, go left, go right, just some way to stop the ship. So is it like a script then, like a computer script that it's going to execute? I mean, like, theoretically, I would hope for that, but it could also be, I mean, it's up to you, DM. It could also be that these are just a list of things in a Word document that I was planning to program into the ship later, that if just Shipcom could just read them real quick and figure out what it is I want to do. Okay, I like that. And that's the one that's just act real crazy. It's like there's one for fly casual. This one is for for act crazy. The fly casual is 1.5, but this is 1.7 is to fly crazy. (laughs) Fly crazy. Can I get a fast talk roll against the GM? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Cannot roll against the GM. I'll roll a fast talk though. What's up? (laughs) The GM is infallible. (laughs) Okay, so if you were in the pilot seat and Rory was doing it. Right. A dodge roll would be piloting skill divided by two plus the ship's handling. Okay. And the ship's handling is minus two. Right. So what would Rory's piloting skill be? What is Rory's piloting? She's level 14. So 14 divided by two is seven minus two is five. Okay. So if you were in the pilot seat, you'd have to get five or less to succeed, which is already tough. It's tough. But it's better than nothing. I want the computer executing your Word document to be less good than you at the seat. Uh-huh. Mm. So let's, I want to say a minus two penalty, but that makes it a three. Ooh. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to get, what, snake eyes plus one more one? What, triple snake eyes. You would need three ones. Here, let's just make it a minus one. So we'll say it's four. Okay. You need three or four. Oh my goodness. We're going down. I'm rolling for Shipcom here. You will make the roll. So Shipcom says, executing, executing, executing. And... I did not get it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I spelled Peter wrong. And so when he's searching in the search bar to try to find where I put it, I spelled Peter wrong. That's on me, guys. <laughs> Sorry. You give it this very cool sounding command. And then it comes back, file not found. Damn it. And uh, then we find out if the missile hits you. All right. So the person shooting the missile, this is a guided missile, which gets plus three. He has an artillery skill of plus one. Uh, He has a dex of 12. So I did all this ahead of time. And basically he needs 15 or less to hit on account of it being a guided missile. My air quotes, beautiful ship. (laughs) (laughs) My banana bread. My banana bread. What? How do you roll in this thing? I think that should count for something, Todd. You didn't do the roll right. (laughs) (laughs) The DM's incompetence does not equal player success. (laughs) Because remember, he's infallible. (laughs) 
That's right. I am infallible. That needs to be on a GM bulletin board somewhere. <laughs> great, great quote. <laughs> that could be a t-shirt. All right. So apparently you start with an exclamation point in this dice rolling program. <laughs> so we have gotten an 11, which is a success. So it is going to hit you, and now we need to roll for damage. The most exciting part of any combat situation. It is a 16-centimeter missile, which does 66 times 4 damage. So Now, to put that in perspective, your ship has 150 hit points. Okay, but still. <laughs> well, spaceship combat is, is going to be big numbers. Yeah. Right. Okay, so somebody make a note of your spaceship's hit points. <laughs> I have a tally running. All right, so it started at 150, and you, you're so you've now got 94. So you guys are fine. You guys are fine. Oh, God. <laughs> you could take at least one more of those. So quick question. Yeah. Well, the guy that Rory shot is still hanging off the ship, yes? No, he's in the airlock. He's in the ship now, yeah. We did pull him in. Okay. Yeah. So regardless of what's happening, can I roll a medic check to see if he's alive? And if there's a way to save him, I'll then go to first aid or something else. Yeah, you can do that. But we're going to have to deal with the missile impact like immediately after you assess his situation. Well, my only thinking is, is because I should probably be here. But <laughs> if he's in here, that means that Rory's in here and then she can get to the bridge. Yeah, my assumption is the second I said the thing to Shipcom, I'm stepping over Schrodinger's bounty hunter and trying to make it to the, <laughs> to the pilot chair. Yeah, I feel like this is a point at which we'll split. Rory's got to go fly the ship. Hank and I have probably got to go and survey the damage. And Kyan can do whatever he likes with the dead person in the airlock. <laughs> <laughs> that all sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the computer said there's a missile coming. Rory said to execute this command that sounded awesome. The computer couldn't find the file. And then Rory's running to the bridge and Kayun gets over to the body and starts doing first aid. The first thing Kayun would have to do is figure out how to remove the spacesuit from the guy because he's wearing an airtight spacesuit with a cool, badass looking helmet and everything. I don't think it's airtight anymore. not anymore but i think it has a hole in it originally i just mean it's not like you can just pick up the helmet like it's latched on and locked on it was designed to be an airtight environment all right do i roll against crewman or what do i what do i roll here let's do int because i don't think your medical training would have had anything to do with removing spacesuits necessarily i did not make it he is stuck in the spacesuit so he's stuck in the same too. Okay. Kayun is rushed over and is frantically trying to figure out how to undo all of the latches and stuff to get the spacesuit off when the missile collides. So Shipcom does something like, brace for impact, three, two, one, kaboom! The ship is rocked back and forth. The artificial gravity system blinks out. And so you all start floating for a moment and then it comes back online and you kind of drop a few centimeters to the ground. Oof. And the lights flicker off and on. And then the lights go off completely. Shipcom comes on the intercom and says, multiple system failures, hull breach in main cargo area, damage throughout vessel. I am adding repairs to the to-do list for Hank. <laughs> Shipcom, seal off the breach in the hull and divert life support to intact areas of the ship redirecting life support bulkheads engaged around cargo bay incoming hail 
um, on screen. All right. So Rory's been running this whole time to the bridge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go ahead and say Rory is just walking into the bridge as the uh, hail is appearing on screen in a cool cinematic maneuver. Oh, on screen. So are you doing visual? Yes. All right. So you see another life form wearing a helmet that looks exactly like the one you just killed. And uh, it is uh, staring at you from the cockpit of a pretty snazzy looking spaceship. And he says, I would like to offer you another opportunity to simply surrender the Matorb to my custody. I uh, would like to offer you an opportunity to save your crewmate. If you keep shooting at this ship, he's going to die. It looked like you already killed him. The Matorb medical officer that's working on him right now would disagree. Whoa, the Matorb is your medical officer? Yes, he's a doctor. It's fascinating what people will do when you don't (sighs) enslave them. Okay. You don't understand. The Matorb are genetically designed for physical labor. They don't have the brain cells required to operate forearms and do medicine at the same time. He is probably miserable. He'll be a lot happier back on Bratum doing a job he's more suited to. How much do you think you're going to get for his return if he's incinerated? I don't know if you've noticed this, but my ship is like a rusted old brick. Your ship's very shiny and new. It's not going to take too much to completely destroy us and kill your crewmate and your quarry. Well, that's an interesting point. Make a fast talk or persuasion or something, please. All right. They're all at the same level at this point, so let's do a persuade. I succeeded by five. Ooh, okay. All right, Captain, you make an excellent point. So if you agree to return my man that you shot, I suppose I would be willing to simply leave you alone for uh, 25,000 loxies. I make a show of looking around behind me so that he sees that I'm checking the the cockpit. Mm -hmm. How much is the bounty on the Mator? 50,000 loxies. Give me five minutes, and I cut off the screen. All and right. then run back to where all the rest of the people are. Because <laughs> <laughs> so i got to find out just how dead this dead guy is. <laughs> I have calculated the proposal, and it might be economically advantageous to consider his opera. Shipcom, mind your business. Don't, <laughs> don't say anything else about this. I'm not, we're not going to, just, just shush. Why don't you why don't you why don't you re reprioritize your list of repairs that need to get made? That's a very a very important thing to do. Excellent suggestion, Captain. Recalculating list. While all that's been going on, let's give Kayun another shot at opening the helmet. <laughs> opening the spacesuit. <laughs> Just made it. All right. So after you figure out how to remove the uh, helmet and, and everything, you find a light blue skinned Bratum male inside the suit, and he, in fact, has a very serious laser wound. Go ahead and let's do uh, some kind of medicine check for uh, for first aid. Okay. I got a nine, and my skill is at 14, so it's a plus five. Success by five. All right. Its heart has stopped, but... Just very recently, you, in your medical opinion, you think that a shot of 
powerful stimulant applied directly to the chest and maybe some, uh, you know, CPR compression dealies, you might be able to bring him back. Okay. Are you going to try to save his life? I am going to try and save his life. All right. Let's. I'm a doctor. That's what I do. Let's make a medicine roll, and that'll be happening right as uh, Rory gets in. It's a 13, and I am at 14, so success by one. Right on the edge there. All right. As Rory enters the airlock area of the ship, you see the helmet has been removed from the Bratum, and you've got Kayun there doing, like, four-armed CPR chest compressions. Is Hank and Rico, are they still there, or have they left to go work on fixing the ship? I kind of think we would have gone to see what was up with the rest of the ship. Right, because primary power was, or the lights were out anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, lights are down. And, like, I can't see that Rico particularly cares about, like, a dead fugitive at this, or, like, a dead dude who's been shooting at her at this time, so she's probably gone to help Hank rather than worry about dead people. Let's have you guys do a quick fixing check, fixing the ship roll. Yeah, let's have Hank do a roll, and if he fails, we'll have Rico step in with an assist. Yeah, okay. An engineering slash mechanic roll. Let's go. Six, nine, ten. Success by two. Woohoo! So Hank's in one of the Jimmy tubes, fiddling with uh, electronics and cabling and whatnot. And you take two wires that have been cut apart, and you kind of cross your fingers, and you duct tape them together. And the ship's lights come on. Now, I just want to point out that the Hello Kitty duct tape had to be sacrificed. We were out of the other. No! (laughs) (laughs) Could this day get any worse? (laughs) The lights are back, but at what cost? (laughs) What cost? Humanity. Beautiful callback, by the way. (laughs) Beautiful callback. All right. So Rory is is stepping into the airlock area as the lights come on and you see Kyan giving first aid. What do you want to do? What's the status, Kyan? It was a close one, but he's not dead yet. So this guy is willing to make some sort of deal with us. Oh, wait. Is he conscious? He is not conscious. Okay. Right now, Kyan, if you were to stop giving chest compressions, you'd lose him again. It's still real precarious. Oh, then my first thing is, uh, can I help you do any of this? I don't think there's much that anybody can do. I've just got to keep him. I just got to keep him alive. The other one I just spoke to, he's willing to, air quotes, leave us alone for a little while if we give him half of your bounty and this guy back alive. I'm just spitballing here. Can we put some bombs in this guy and send him back? (laughs) (gasps) Um, Can we spitball it? I'm I'm not committed to anything. Is there a way that if he does die, can we animate him? Like, I'm trying to just, we we have to get away from the guy in the ship. We're not going to be able to outmaneuver him. We're not going to be able to take another hit and survive it. And I don't mind paying him, but that's a short-term fix. And I think we're going to have to make sure this guy stays alive somehow. Well, maybe the best thing for everyone is I take the guy back and... I just turned myself in. Like I don't I don't want you guys putting your lives at risk for me. Absolutely not. That's not even a vote. Even if I didn't like you personally, I don't like the slave trade, and so we'll never go along with it. And that's not an option. You're the doctor on this ship. You're our doctor, damn it. <laughs> no, that's not a that's not an option. Do we have any more of those zat bugs we could put in the suit? <laughs> just dress the zat bug up as, <laughs> as right. the guy. Right. 
Send them over. <laughs> Reading those life signs. Oh, that would be amazing. But yeah, like I'm open to however we can make this happen. But we can't take this guy head on. And he's made this this offer. Like I said, I don't care about the, the lobsies at this point. If we think we can get away. But if this guy dies, I think we're going to be in a lot more trouble. Todd, how big is the guy on the table? Oh. um, Like co- comparatively to the rest of us in the crew. I think probably about eight feet tall. They're eight feet tall? The Bratomar, yeah. Oh, God. He's so tall. And the Matorb, too. They're both tall, tall boys. Right. Matorb are more physically imposing. Bratomar, shorter and more thin. Okay, so am I right about eight feet or? Eight feet would be a tall Bratom, but yeah, between seven and eight. Okay, well, let, yeah, let's let's go with seven feet then. And also more slender, but yeah, still taller than your average human. So weird. I'm definitely role-playing. I've never been in where <laughs> I'm not the tallest person. <laughs> <laughs> this is like so, so so strange and surreal. All right. Can I tell just as a lay person if his spacesuit has like a really advanced sort of life support monitoring system? Make a roll. What would that be? Maybe uh perception. Perception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make a perception roll. Okay. I have a 12 and I rolled a 12. Okay. You notice it does in fact have a life support monitoring and everything system built into the ship or built into the spacesuit. If we can damage that, Kyan as you're there doing chest compressions, if there's a way for us to damage that, if it isn't already damaged from the fact that I shot it. Because, I mean, we can't send a dead body back if that thing will alert him ahead of time that it's dead. Do I need to roll to break it? Or can I just smash it? It's not that hard to break something. So, yeah, we can just assume if you guys want to break it, you can definitely break it or roll needed. If the guy's not dead, do we not want to do some more medicking to make him less dead (laughs) or less nearly dead? Less dead. I feel better. <laughs> I mean, I can roll again. I, I, I. If the point is to get him over to the other ship alive, then could we actually, you know, give him some medical help? We've got our magic hover gurney, haven't we? Somewhere. Yeah, like if there's anything you need me to go get to assist Kyan, I'm here. But the medical's your share. Todd, can I make another medical roll to see if I can stabilize him? Yeah, let's do it. Nope. Uh oh. Uh oh. No failure by four. Well. Uh, no, failure by two. Oh. All right. So as that conversation is happening, Kayun, you realize that the heartbeat that was just barely coming back suddenly goes away again. There's no heartbeat. There's no pulse. You think there might be an outside chance. You've got some kind of little miracle drug thingamajig in your medical bag, which is back in the med bay. And that's possibly might bring them back. Okay, so somebody needs to grab me my crash kit, and it'll give me plus two to first aid. I'm on it, so I run there to grab that. And I'd like you to make a perception check to see if you can find it in a you know quick, fast manner. Because <laughs> if it was me, I would walk into the room, somebody's life is on the line, and I'd be like, I don't see it, I don't see it, I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I made it by one. Made it by one. Well, you are a calmer, more collected person than I am. You find it right away, and you bring it back to Cayune. And let's have Kayun do another medical roll. With the plus two, it would be 16, and I got a 13, so success by three. All right. So using your crash kit, did you steal the crash kit from the medical facility where they where we met you? No, no, no. He's been carrying like a little mobile hospital since they met him. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's like me and my three different computers I've got on me. 
I'm like, maybe, Todd, mind your business. <laughs> I, I, just, I just wondered if it was one of the zippy zaps, the zippy zaps that you were oh, yeah. uh, using yeah. back back then. We did steal some zippy zaps. That <laughs> <laughs> right? We found them underneath the gurney. We didn't know they were there. <laughs> God, you use these. Yeah. Okay, so Kayun does some amazing medicine stuff, and suddenly the Bratum lifts up, his head lifts up. And he inhales deeply and, you know, you know, kind of shocking and like, <gasps> oh, and then he coughs <clears throat> and then he, he lays back down, but his heart is now beating on its own. And it seems like he's still unconscious, but he is alive and no longer on like life support. I still pulled my gun on him when he did the breath thing. <laughs> <laughs> and your five minutes is almost up. Okay. Hank, Rico, what's going on? Well, so far we've got the lights back on. What else is not working, Captain? Well, I mean the big hole. Uh, yeah. That's a later problem. That's going to be a get on dry land kind of situation, Captain. If y'all can get up here, we need to make a decision. Uh, on our way. As you guys are running back to the airlock, Mariko notices, much to her horror, that the coffee machine in the break room has been knocked over and shattered. This is as bad as it'll ever get for both Rory and Rico on this ship. We've officially hit rock bottom. We have, we're out of uh, the Hello Kitty tape. Coffee's not an option. Hold on, hold on. I've got this. I've got this. I'm going to see Rico's horror. I'm going <laughs> to calmly place my hand on her forearm, look her in the eyes, and be like, it's okay, Rico. We can use the spaceman's helmet as a new carafe. It will be okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very interesting proposition. <laughs> Problem solved. Drinking from the skulls of our enemies. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. No. Anything but the coffee pot. Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of Cautious Optimism. I'm back. After 22 days of traveling the U.S., I am back home and ready to get things back to normal. So let's talk. We at As The Dice Roll are really enjoying putting out this content for you. And while we may at some point put up a Patreon or put in some paid advertising, the biggest way you can support this show is by word of mouth. If you have friends that enjoy actual play podcasts, then say, hey, I know one you should be listening to. We have about 17 episodes or so before Season 2 of Cautious Optimism, and those episodes are already recorded, so we're not going anywhere. Reviews and comments are always welcome, but the number one thing you can do to help this show out is to tell your friends. So enough of that. Let's talk about our players and what they've been up to. If you want to hear about all of my adventures across the U.S., listen to Episodes 207 and 208 of my show Geektitude, where my co-host Ray and I also talk about the last three episodes of Marvel's Loki on Disney+. Kelly Hightower, who plays our Captain Roy Shand, just released Mating Habits of the Modern Geek episode 126 with Sean Ryan. The video of that episode is available on the Mating Habits Patreon, but you can catch the audio on most podcatchers out there. Our lovable engineer Hank is played by Bama Shocks. His wife Lady Shocks will be launching her first session of a new campaign set in the fictional world of Fredonia. The campaign, which will be her first as a DM, is starting Sunday, August 1st, and will be running bi-weekly on twitch.tv forward slash Bamashocks, which is also where you can find Bama's virtual army of real play content. 
And as always, you can catch Raven, who plays our science officer, Rico, on her podcast, Girls Gone Wow, over on Warcraft Radio. And our amazing DM, Todd, can be found on Nerdberg Review right here on the Geek to Geek Network. Now, you may have heard that Todd had a great t-shirt-worthy line in this episode. He said, the GM's incompetence does not equal player success. So, we're making it into a t-shirt. You should be able to find that t-shirt in our online store. Just go to the geek2geekmedia.com website and click on Buy Merch. And while you're at the geek to geek Media website, jump over to Contact Us and join the network Slack and Discord servers. We have a relatively active, dedicated Slack channel for As The Dice Roll and a very busy Discord server with every type of geekiness you can think of. You can stay up to date on all the As The Dice Roll news by following us on Twitter at As The Dice Roll RP. And if you want to see pics of some of the geek to geek media peeps I got to meet on my travels, go check out our Instagram at As The Dice Roll. You can, of course, email us at podcast at As The Dice Rollcast.com. Or if you want to leave us a voice message, you can do so by clicking on the link on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. No one's left us a voicemail message yet. You could be the first. That's it for me this week. I'll be back on Friday, August 6th with the next episode of Cautious Optimism. But until then, let's see what the crew does about this broken coffee pot after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. So everybody is now in the airlock uh, room. And as promised, I'm going to grab the helmet and tuck it away in a corner. Nice. All right, so here's the situation. The guy on the ship said that he'll leave us alone for a little while if we pay him 25,000 lobsies and send his comrade back to him. Um, so he'd have to dock with us in order to receive his colleague here. Do we honestly think he's not going to come all guns blazing onto the ship? No, I fully expect he would come all guns blazing onto the ship. Now, here are our options. If that happens and we lure him onto the ship and we kill him, problem solved. I've said this before, if we had any kind of explosives to strap to old sick guy here to send back and blow him up in there, I'm open to that too. I mean, I tried to kill this guy, so he's already on borrowed time. I don't care about the money. The money is meaningless, but I'm open to any other suggestions because I've got to go back and tell, oh, what's his face, what our plan is. You're absolutely right, Captain. Extortionists never stop with their first demands. They'll be back for more. Right. So even if we give in to them, they're going to come back. Best case scenario, we kill him and then we're able to loot his ship. Worst case scenario, we all die. I'm open to whatever flavor you guys want to put in the middle of this crap sandwich we're in. (laughs) 
Uh, what if we just lie in wait for an ambush in the airlock? I'm open to that. That works for me. I think we can figure something out that'll work that way. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be incredibly dangerous because there's no way that this guy doesn't suspect that that's exactly what we're going to be doing. Oh, yeah. Todd, out of character, is there any other way for lobsies to be transferred? Is there like a fire stick or like a thumb drive we can put them on? Or is it all digital? You could put them on a thumb drive. You could like, you know, like Bitcoin, (laughs) put it on a physical device. Yeah. Okay. I've got about 13,000 that I've been holding. So, I mean, he wants to at least give the bulk of the money. No. Oh, this ship currently has over 500,000. Yeah, no, this is a team effort. We're fine. <laughs> Believe me, someone will come for each of us if we survive this. We'll, we'll be the ones that someone comes for at some point. This is your like, a crew tax. It's fine. We're all prepared to pay it. <laughs> I'm just quietly you know, saying captain in the corner, and I'm looking at all of the stuff that I brought with me. And captain, I may have your explosive device if you want to go that route. Do you think you can make it where it can't be scannable by him? The whole airlock situation, can he scan it? Uh, size is an issue. Like, it's it's, it's going to be huge. Like, I'm, <laughs> I've, well, I mean, I've got my welding bottles and I've got a camp stove. Yeah, we don't have time to construct that, though, I don't think. And I think that'll be obvious. Okay. I mean, I appreciate it. And I, I like where you're going there. But I think maybe just shooting bullets at the sky might be better. Okay. Now... Here's what I predict he'll say. He'll say, we're going to put him in the airlock and then close the door. And then I'll come get him with the lopsies, you know, tied around his neck or whatever. And potentially one of us, maybe me, might be on the outside of the ship to maybe attack the airlock from the outside. Maybe that's where the bomb could work. Question. Yes. If we give him the lopsies on some sort of storage device, is there any way we can put a virus of some sort onto that? So when they go to check it, it knocks them out and we can get away? Yep. Yeah, that's a Rico Hank thing. Yep. Why don't we do that? Then we can give it a go. All right. So anybody have a thumb drive? Well, we must have, like, we must have that kind of shit kicking around. Who doesn't have, like, 60 million USB drives (laughs) kicking around? In real life, I'm sitting here in my pajamas and I can put my hand on three thumb drives. (laughs) (laughs) There's a junk drawer under the Karofla's coffee pot. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, they're uh, ubiquitous in this in this world. I'm sure you. I'm sure you can just have one handy. Okay, well, um, so I've got good programming. Hank has good hacking. So, what are you going to make it do? Disable the ship? Just to mess something up? Yeah, just just shut it down. If they're spending all their time trying to figure, out, and I would say even attack life support. Oh yeah, so just like power everything down up to and including life support. Yeah, that seems. Legit. Would Cayune say attack life support? Because Cayune doesn't like to kill. No, he doesn't like to kill. But I mean, I'm assuming that like in any <laughs> any space drama I've seen, life support going down doesn't instantly kill everybody. It just puts them on. It puts them in a dire situation. <laughs> I do believe between Rico's computer programming and my hacking skills, we can install some sort of Trojan horse virus in there to systematically attack each of their systems individually so that they will be um, chasing their tail for quite some time. And we got to do this in, what, 10 minutes? <laughs> oh, I think I can do it. <laughs> I feel like this is something that hackers do in their spare time anyway. They like make little <laughs> things like this. And then you just, the 10 minutes is adapting it to what you needed to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they've already got the skill and the core protocol written. They just have to adapt it to the situation. I, th- I think we can do this in 10 minutes. 
I am receiving a hail. All right. So good luck to everybody. I'm going to go back up to the bridge. All right. So I run to the bridge. Hello, Captain. Do we have a deal? Yes. Uh, your crewman is alive. And we uh, have the funds. We're transferring them to a credit stick. Right now, how do you want to do this exchange? I would dock with you, but last time I did that, you attempted to murder us by disconnecting the umbilical cord. I think what might be better would be for you to dock with my ship and for you or one of your crew to escort my comrade on board. Out of character. Can our ship do that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can do that. (laughs) I'm fine with this, but I'm going to need you to meet me halfway in the airlock. Very good. I will maneuver close enough to you to dock. Please turn off your engines and prepare to be boarded. Or not boarded. No. no. <laughs> prepare to... Uh, you prepare boy. to be docked with. There. Prepare to be boarded sounded so cool in my head until I realized it doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> prepare for our mutual docking to occur. Rawr. <laughs> 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 On consent of all parties. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. All right. All right. So I cut off the communication and I uh, quickly look at the handbook to try to figure out how to dock with the ship. (laughs) All right. Oh, and I go on the ship's comms, not ship comm, but on the ship's comms, I relay what I've just told him to the rest of the crew. Can I get an estimate on how long, where we're at on the... On the package. Yeah, that'll depend on some some dice rolls. Uh, we're working on it as fast as we can, Captain. Give me and Rico a few moments to pull this together. We have started on it. So who's going to roll up? Yeah, we're looking for uh, programming, I think, would be great. Hacking could work, too. Oh, I'm using hacking on my side, for sure. So should we both roll? I'll use programming. All right. Yeah, both of you. Oh, six, five, thirteen. Success by three. Woo! Six, seven, eight, nine success by six. Okay, so you're both successful by nine total. And you want this virus to disable the ship's uh, systems, like life support and... Just literally turn everything off. Turn everything off. Okay. You have created a uh, a program that you are reasonably sure has a good chance of succeeding at that goal. All right. So I go and I grab the medical gurney okay. and get Kyan to help me put the guy on the gurney. Will the gurney fit in the airlock? Yeah. It should. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are we giving him our gurney? No. <laughs> this is not the hover gurney. <laughs> this is a different gurney. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> is this like a spare shitty gurney that we just have lying around? <laughs> it's got that one little like shopping cart wheel that just doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ideally, I would like something where if this guy starts to shoot at me, I might be able to get underneath the gurney <laughs> and take cover with it. But. I'll take whatever gurney you suggest. And I also want to see, uh, so Shipcom, do you think that it would be too much trouble for you to, uh, on my command, the second I'm in the airlock, to detach and get away from this guy? 
just pilot the ship forward at, at the highest speed we can. Shipcom can perform this maneuver. All right. So if things get dicey in there, I'm headed back toward into the airlock and shutting it. And if we lose our docking tube, we'll buy another one. <laughs> Confirmed. I have initiated GTFO maneuver. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as soon as you are on board. Next time on Cautious Optimism. The other ship is in position and waiting for you to extend your umbilical cord to it. Whip out a concealed laser blaster and takes a shot at you. There are four cells. All of the door all of the cell doors have opened at this point, and one of them was occupied. You notice that there is a blinking red light on one of the consoles that catches your eye. You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at Geek2GeekMedia.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at AsTheDiceRollCast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at AsTheDiceRollCast.com.